you are blessed. Pray this prayer now. Because you shall harvest the fruits of this prayer even before you get there. And when you get there, you shall just be in good harvest. Because you pray way ahead of time. Amen. 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 Get used to me by the grace of God. I used to wonder by myself. Why do I make some sounds? Why do I just sometimes praise and worship is going on and I will just shout? I used to wonder. I used to ask God, what well, what is wrong with me? <laughs> yes. I used to so you know when God created us, He created us in His likeness and gave to every one of us spiritual and physical abilities according to his own purpose. Yes. You understand? Yes. One day I went for a conference in Indiana and there was this woman of God praying for, the conference had closed, this woman was a powerful prayer warrior. She was praying for my daughter-in-law's mother. And I, I, I was just passing by, because my, 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 my her father and her mother too were there, I was just passing by, and I was trying to give some space so that when she's done, and I'll just greet my in-laws. And she stopped, she finished praying and she just turned to me. And she started speaking to me. She said, there are some sounds you make. God uses you to make sounds that intercept. By force of war in the spirit realm. God uses you to intercept. In the spiritual realm. That is when my understanding. That is when my understanding was clear. Something was worrying me. This woman did not know. I didn't go for prayer. I didn't go to ask that. Please prophesy on me or say no. God knew that I had been. I had been thinking that why do I shout like this? You know, some sometimes I won't. let's leave it there. So get used to me, okay? Amen. I'm just a vessel. All right. Psalms 92 verse 13. Hallelujah. Amen. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord. If you are tired, sit down. Your prayer will still go on. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. Have you planted your children in the house of the Lord? If you have not, say it now with your tongue, it shall be established. Plant your children in the house of the Lord. And decree and declare now. And say, I have planted my children in the house of the Lord. There is no other option. They must flourish. Spiritually, physically, financially, materially, socially, in all good works. My children must flourish. Pray.
in this verse. The word of God is saying that God himself will teach our children. Amen. Now, when somebody is taught by God, you know, even in Psalms 30, 20, verse 8, it says, I will teach you, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. So, I believe this is what God is saying he will do to our children. So, let's remind him. Father, you said you will teach our children. What do you think God is going to teach them? Hi! In their private times, in their quiet hours, even in their dreams, when they are alone in school, when they face circumstances all by themselves, father and mother are not there. Siblings are not around. Family is not around. Those that say we care is not around. Are not around. Oh, let the Lord teach them what to do. When the Lord teaches them and they have a listening ear, then he will guide them and they will put their feet in the right place. It's not every place on earth we have to go. It's not every occasion we have to go. There is an occasion you will go and someone will steal your destiny. God forbid in Jesus' name. I'm just saying we have to pray before we make steps to places. And God will teach our children that it's not every person that comes close to you in school is your friend. Some people come to you with evil intention. If God is not there to teach them, they will think everybody that smiles is a good person. There are people who put a smiling face with a wicked heart. Kahun Like Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, you whited sepulchers. Within you are that you are you are filled with bones of dead men, dead men's bones. Outwardly you are white and you look good. The Lord will deliver our children. And let's let's pray that God will teach our children and establish them in righteousness. And when they are established in righteousness, He will free them from oppression. Amen. Be it spiritual oppression or physical oppression. Amen. When God is with your child, no bullying spirit can affect your child. No bullying person can can dominate your child because He is coming. He or she is carrying the spirit of God. And greater is he that is in your child than he that is in the world. Yeah,
distract topics. Let me give one last topic. Amen. Amen. It's coming from two verses. Isaiah 54, 15. Behold. They may gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall because of thee. Amen. Are you listening? Yes, ma'am. This is just as true as it is. Listen, sometimes we just read the word of God and just believe it. Mm. We don't even need to make a lot of noise. It is just settled forever in heaven. Amen. Whosoever, I don't care whether you are an occultist. I don't care. The Bible says, whosoever. I don't care whether you are a living being. I don't care whether you are a spirit. The Bible says, whosoever. This word is set forever. Amen. Whosoever shall gather Hallelujah. together against thee mm -hmm. shall fall. Amen. Amen. Shall fall because Amen. of thee. That's my portion. They shall fall because of you. You don't know how many people are falling because of you. Listen. You know, the Bible says we should love people, okay? Amen. But you can't love people more than God. <laughs> the Bible also says God is angry with the wicked every day. The devil always comes to intimidate Christians by saying, hey, Why are you praying against the wicked? Don't you have to love them? When God judges people, doesn't he love them? <laughs> doesn't he love? It's not a matter of love. Love is different, but you can't change a man's heart. The way that a human being has chosen to go. He has, he's going that way. Remember yesterday I told you that there are some people who have given their lives to the devil and they mean to serve the devil for the rest of their lives. And they, some of them are sworn enemies against the children of God. Someone will just look at you or just hear you put a testimony on Facebook about your child and say, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they will look, they will, they will just go into their secret places and begin to make enchantments. And begin to speak, speak things and cast spells upon your child. It shall fall on them. Before they open their mouth, the spell, the spell is falling on them. Amen. Not on our children. In Jesus' name. Amen. The violent taken it by force. Amen. Amen. So this is the word of God. It's not my word. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Amen. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. Yes. So I want us to pray. I say, Father, anyone, anywhere, anyone gathers against my children, yes, Lord, let them fall. Yes. Anyone that gather against my children, let them fall. Amen. They, if they are gathering against their children, it's not against you. Yes. Let them fall for our sake. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, let us pray.
you have raised your hand for towards like in faith towards your child or you put it on your, your hand in your womb. And if you are believing God for the child, put your hand. If you have, if you have not had children and you have spiritual children, put your hand in your womb or you stretch your hand out. Amen? Amen. God has blessed you. Whether you have given birth to children or not, you have a blessed mother. Amen. You have a mother inside. Amen. God knows you. He has, has you in his agenda. Amen. He has not forgotten you. Amen. Amen. So we are going to bless our children. Say what you did not say yesterday. Bless them. Speak long life to them. Hide them. The Lord says he will preserve them from all evil. Amen. Yes, speak it. Speak it from your heart.
You may have your seats tonight. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. God is breaking some things in our lives tonight. And some of you sitting here tonight, God is breaking some things. There is grace in this hour to take you to the next dimension. This is why this conference is so strategic. Because God wants to take us to the next dimension. But there are idols that we need to pull down in our lives that will stand as a hindrance to what God wants to do in us. Hallelujah. See, I cannot pray for you before I move on.
whether you like it or not, you are called in this generation. I'm not just saying it because you're my sister, but because you are a woman of God, and that is what he has for you. You are called to make a difference in this generation. You will call us a notable woman in this generation. And God is going to use you to set a lot of captive women free in this generation. A lot of captive young women, God is going to use you to set them free. God bless you, Grace. I'll share something with you one later that I saw for grace. Amen. Tonight I want to talk to us about the foundation of ungodly character. And we're going to be teaching tonight, so I want to encourage you to pay attention. There is power in the Word of God. Amen. As the Word of God goes forth, it has the power to break every hindrance that the enemy has been trying to put upon your life. You know, we received a testimony when we were just on our way here of a brother in the church. He just started coming to church. And the way he received his deliverance was not by any man laying hands on him. But simply as the word of God was going forth. You know, the enemy would try to hide in the ways of lies in your lives. Amen? Amen. But when the word of God is declared and the truth comes out, then the enemy is put to shame. And when you receive that truth, you receive your deliverance. As the pastor spoke a word, just the word that he declared according to the truth of God's word, that brother received his deliverance from a life of, of um, I forget, what did you call it? As a mental disorder that he had. Bipolar, yeah. He was diagnosed with a bipolar disease. And as the word of God went forth, and the, the passenger said, bipolar is a spirit of darkness, a spirit of the enemy. And as he believed that word, that enemy was confounded in his life, and he received his deliverance. Amen. 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 So open your hearts tonight as the word of God goes forth. The foundation of ungodly character. And I was praying about this conference and asking God, what should I speak about? And without a doubt, by the time this conference is over, we're going to learn about what the characteristics of a, of a notable woman of God is. And that is wonderful for us to know those characteristics. But I think how often how we receive all these things, but sometimes we don't know how to maintain these things that we receive. So tonight, I just want to talk to us how we can maintain what we're going to receive this weekend so we don't lose it. Amen. Amen. A notable woman is a woman of godly character. And we're not just talking about any notable woman, but a notable woman of God. I was looking for you right there, Sister Yvonne. Amen. A notable woman of God is a woman of godly character. You know, when we talk about character, let's first define what character means. I just saw my husband back there. How can I go on without acknowledging my husband? He's hiding back there. I acknowledge my husband back there. 
God bless you. <laughs> Praise God. How we define character? Character is defined as the mental and moral qualities or attributes distinctive to an individual. The mental and moral qualities or attributes distinctive to an individual. So when we talk about a notable woman, a woman of godly character, we're not just talking about just the actions, the, the external actions that we see. Amen? We're talking about the source of that character, the origin of that character. So in other words, for me to say I, I have the character of God, I am a woman of godly character. That godly character means it's not my character. Amen? Is the character of God in me. Amen. Amen. And it's not that the character of God is, is, is going to uh, compromise with my character. But it's that I'm going to submit myself to the Spirit of God. To develop in me a character. That is not good according to my own eyes and understanding. But that is good according to the standard that God has set for his own character. Amen. Amen. So a woman of godly character is a woman that depicts the character of God. In other words, she seeks after the will of God in everything she does. That is a character of God. When you possess the character of God in a situation, it simply means that in that situation, you act as God. In that situation, you see as God. You behave as God. You perceive as God will perceive in that situation. You are not leaning onto your own understanding. But you're perceiving what God is perceiving. So that means that when you are faced with a situation, the way you would act should not be any different from what God would act. And you know the tricky thing there is this. We think everything that's good must mean it's godly. Is that right? Not everything that is good is godly. Amen. When we are prone to acting in a way that is befitting to us, in a way that seems right to us, we look at our actions and we judge by whether it looks good to us or bad to us. But just because it looks good to you does not mean it's the will of God in that situation. So if I would boldly proclaim that I am a woman, a notable woman of God, a woman of godly character, then I should be seeking the face of God, seeking the voice of God, seeking the will of God concerning every situation. Amen. There are two notable women, before we go to the foundation of an ungodly character. There are two notable women that we're going to see in this end time. We're in the end time and we're about to usher in the presence of God, the glory of God in this end time. And there are two notable women that we're going to see. Now when we talk about notable, like I say, we're talking about a notable woman of God. Because you can be notable, but not a woman of God. Is that right? Yes. To be notable, in other words, just means you're extreme in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you can be extreme for God, and you can be extreme for the devil. 
And the Bible tells us of two notable women that we're going to see. Two spirits that we're going to see in this end time. And my sister touched on that. I was not here when you were speaking. But she touched on one of those spirits yesterday. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 8. And you can go there. But I'm going to just summarize the story for you in 2 Kings chapter 8. We meet two women in this scripture. The first woman is Athalia. Athalia. Probably most of us never heard about her. Her name is spelled A-T-H-A-L-I-A-H. Athalia. Who was Athalia? She was the daughter of Jezebel and King Ahab. She counseled her son, King Ahazah, to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Upon the death of her own son, she resulted to killing her own grandchildren. Because she wanted to take over and become queen. The name Athalia indeed it means to be afflicted, one who is afflicted by God. Such a character indeed is afflicted. Is a character that God will judge. Amen. She counseled her own son to commit evil in the house of the Lord, before the Lord. And upon the death of her son, she kills her own grandchildren. But in the midst of this, we have another woman. Her name is Jehoshiba. And Jehoshiba is known as a righteous woman. And what did she do? During the time when, when, when Athaliah was killing the children of Ahaziah, she took one of the sons of, of Ahaziah and hid him. And the name of that son was Jeho Jehoash. Jehoash. She hid him so he would not be killed by his own grandmother, who was hungry and seeking for power, who was after her own selfish gains. And at a time when this boy was born, she hid this boy to a time when she presented this boy to the priests and the elders in the land. And they were able to restore this boy to the kingdom of his father and they made him king. And when Athalia recognized that they had, they had hid this from her, and that she was not the rightful heir to the throne, but there was an heir that was preserved, she became so furious. But it was too late for her because God had already pronounced judgment over her. And she met her downfall. She was slaughtered. What am I trying to say tonight? I'm saying there are two spirits of a notable woman in this end time generation. There is one woman that seeks to destroy a generation. Remember I said God is preparing a generation that will usher in his glory. And you and I women, that's, this conference like I say, is very strategic. Because God wants us to go to the next dimension. But there are things, there are idols and things that we, that some of us we, we have inside that could stand as a hindrance. That could make us become a hindrance. You know, women, we are very influential. Amen? 
God has called us to a position to be influential everywhere that we are. And he needs that influence in this generation to preserve this generation. We're living in a time where we're seeing a generation that is going more and more towards the things that are ungodly, the things of the enemy. And the question is, where are the women in this generation? Where are the notable women of God in this generation? Who will preserve a seed? Who will preserve a generation from going astray? The enemy knows the influence that each of us as women have over our children. He knows the influence that we have in our households. He knows the influence we have in the society. And that is why he would try in every way to contaminate that influence. You know this saying, they say, if you can't beat them, you join them? Well, in this saying, we can say, the enemy cannot come against the things that God has deposited in you. What God has given to you, the enemy cannot take it away. But what he can do is he can defile it. Because then we will cause our own downfall. When we fall for the schemes of the enemy. We will cause our own children to stumble. We will cause our own households to stumble. That is the trick of the enemy. And that is why everywhere I go, when I have the opportunity to speak to women, I talk about against, and I know if I'm online, some people are going to say, what is she talking about? I talk against the spirit of the, the, the feminist movement in this nation. That's right. It's demonic. Yes, There's no other way to put it. It might have started off with good intentions, but every time you take God out of something, you cannot expect it to survive. This movement is producing a women who are rebellious. This movement is, pro is producing women who are after their own, their own gain, their own selfish gain. Women that are seeking to empower themselves, to enrich themselves. While, while at the same time, destroying their children, destroying their household, forsaking those things that God has placed them to be a godly influence in. So we are against the feminist movement. We are going to be those women that are going to be ready and prepared. That we're going to allow the Lord to deal with us. To deal with what we have, what we carry inside. So that we can preserve a righteous generation unto him. Hallelujah. The spirit of, of the spirit of Adalia represents the spirit of Jezebel, as we said. Not also because she's the, the daughter of Jezebel, but that is the spirit of Jezebel that seeks to destroy a generation that God is wanting to build up, that God is wanting to raise up. Revelations 2.20 says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. If we place ourselves 
in a place where we become a hindrance to what God is wanting to do in this season. No doubt we will face the judgment of God. But also a warning to each of us in here, if we would allow ourselves to be taken by this spirit of falsehood. Because we have a responsibility to know the truth of God for ourselves. Amen. So we cannot blame, put the blame on anyone else if we fall as victims to the spirit of Jezebel. You know, when we used to hear about the spirit of Jezebel, when I used to hear about the spirit of Jezebel, you, you picture this, I mean, it's a demonic spirit, but you picture this evil woman with probably some horns and some, you know, looking so terrible. But you just picture this evil woman. And then there is no way you can, you, you can see how that spirit can take dominance even in the church. Because you're, you're just picturing, your picture is boxed in to just this one thing that you see, this demonic woman. But see, God is wanting the church not to have the spirit of Jezebel because it's possible. The spirit of Jezebel is not about some woman that looks crazy, that looks demonic with big hair, you know, you used to watch the movies. The spirit of Jezebel is that spirit that seeks to go against the will of God. If we don't know this, we can find ourselves when we are being used by this spirit and we don't even know it. Whenever we are in a place where we are going against the will of God, when we are not doing those things that God will have us to do, when we are in a place where we are compromising in our lives and the enemy is using us to destroy our own children, to be a bad influence to our own children. When you forsake your children, you're being a bad influence to them. When you forsake your household, you're being a bad influence. Or wherever God has placed you, wherever God has placed you, when you are forsaking that position, you are being a bad influence. Because you are not doing what God would have you do in that situation. And therefore you are not preserving that, that vision. You are destroying it then you know that the spirit of Jezebel has made her home in that place. So we have to be very careful not to fall prey to the spirit. Amen. Amen. The spirit of Jehoshaphat represents the bride of Christ. She represents the women that God is seeking in this hour. Those women that will preserve that generation of godly people, a righteous generation that will usher in the glory of God in this season. Praise God. Before I go into what I want to talk about tonight, I just want to say this. Because one thing of the feminist movement that is getting a lot of women is making us to believe that God has served us of the lower hand. That God has made us to be doormats to somebody else. That God has made us lower than the men in society. And one word that I know that this movement really hates is that word, helpmate. If you stand out there and you declare that the woman, the woman of God is a helpmate, they will look at you crazy. And that is why they're teaching women not to submit to the ways of God. But they're teaching women to become rebellious 
in order to build an image for themselves. You know, I want, I'm not saying you know, that I stand for women being abused. Amen? Amen? Women should not be abused. But there is a way to go about it. There is a way to seek our freedom. And it's in God, not against God. Amen. You remember the story of Vashti and Esther. Vashti became very arrogant when she was called to present herself before the king. Vashti was very arrogant. She had an arrogant and prideful attitude. An attitude that said, I wear, I, I wear a crown too in this palace, and not just you. I also wear a crown. And because of that arrogance, it cost her her position. But see, she was selfish because she was after her own, her own gain, her own, her own enrichment. But she was not thinking about her generation. She was not thinking about how her actions will cost her generation. And so because of her arrogance and her prideful way, she fell and we don't hear any more of her generation. But we see Esther in a similar situation. Esther has to appear before the king. But Esther, instead of becoming arrogant and prideful, Esther goes before the Lord. See, when you are a notable woman of godly character, you know just where to go for answers. So when God calls us his helpmate, let me, let me just put this picture in your mind. See, God gave a vision to, the, to, to this world. God has a vision for each family. God has a vision for each nation, each society. And alongside that vision, God calls a helpmate. So can you imagine that God, you know, sometimes the, the reason why we look at it a certain way is because we say, it is his vision, it is their vision, so what does that have to do with me? Why should I have to submit myself and slave myself, as some people would say, to serve another person's vision and make, let them prosper? Why shouldn't I go after my own vision? It is not man's vision, that is the first thing we have to understand. It is a vision of God. The origin of that vision is God. God gave that vision to man. I consider it such a privilege to be called a helpmate. Because it tells me that God had something so valuable, so important that he wanted to release upon the earth. And he needed someone to come alongside that vision to make sure it does not, it does not, it, it does not uh, die. Thank you. And he found me. And he placed me alongside that vision. So you see, when we call you the helpmate, we're not saying that you're weak. We're not saying that you're insignificant. But indeed, you're powerful. You're influential. Because God trusted you with his vision. He trusted in the abilities that he placed in you. That you will not let it die. Amen. Amen. So it is a privilege to be called the helpmate. So that what God is looking for is for women who will submit themselves to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And who will say, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do in my life. Take away whatever you want to take away in my life. 
so that I can be that woman of God, that notable woman that you're calling me to be in this generation. Praise God. It doesn't matter what position you find yourself in. God is calling you to be a woman of influence. It doesn't matter if you're a daughter. I see young people in here and some of them have been saying, I'm not married, so I don't know how this applies to me. It does not matter if you're a young girl. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you are not married, but God has placed you in a notable position. Wherever God places us as women, he wants us to influence a vision. And when we start seeking after our own agendas, when we start becoming selfish to enrich ourselves, we're indeed letting that vision die and God is going to hold us accountable. I want us to go to the book of Genesis. Remember tonight I'm talking about the foundation of an ungodly character. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Foundation. Your character cannot be trusted. 
That is why sometimes we get shocked and surprised how we react in certain situations. And we can wonder, oh, how, did I, how did I say that? How, why did I act like that? You know, sometimes we think we're so good, right? We're so good, and so we get so shocked. You know, that's why some people would dwell so long in self-condemnation when they do something wrong, because they could never believe they could do something wrong. Is that right? Yes. So we spend the whole time blaming ourselves and nagging ourselves. How could I have acted that way? I thought I was better than this. But you being better than that does not just happen in one day. It's not something that just happens. Godly character is the substance that is produced in a life that is submitted to the Spirit of God. When you're submitted to the Spirit of God, He's building a firm foundation in you. And so the decisions that we make daily, you might not know it, but those decisions are daily shaping and forming who you are. And so the way you're going to respond in situations is going to be based on what you have been receiving. So don't be shocked. Don't expect something different to come out than what you have been putting inside. We have to take responsibility for our actions. Especially when nobody's watching. Amen? Amen? When we're by ourselves, how do we live our lives before God? Are our lives submitted to the Spirit of God? Or are we living a careless Christianity? Because those things are affecting you more than you think. And you know, a godly character will be tested by fire. Amen? So many times we can think we're good, we look nice, we look flashy. We look at the Christian part, and we think we're good. Until something happens that challenges our will, then we really get to see the foundation that we carry inside. We really get to see the character that we have been forming inside of us. Everything is fine until something gets challenged in us, then we truly see. So we look at Eve, and we want to learn from her tonight. In the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? The first thing we notice about the mistake that Eve made is that she became distracted from her purpose. Eve became distracted. When you abandon your purpose or start giving it less attention than you should, you are like a planet that is out of orbit. You know the planets in the universe have to be aligned in a certain way. And when one of those planets go out of order, there is chaos. So when one of us misses our place of purpose, we should know that we are attracting destruction in our lives. Distraction will set you off course. It will cause you to ignore what is important. It will cause you to become idle, giving more time to useless things. And I want to warn us tonight about the spirit of idleness. I've seen it over and over again. When women become idle, that is the beginning of sin. When you are in a place where you are focused in your purpose, it's, your place, it's a place of protection. If you don't notice, that is a secret. 
It has never felt that I have sinned, as when, especially when I uh, deal with women who are married and then they fall into sin. It started with distraction. They got distracted and they became idle. They were not taking time in their responsibilities, doing what God had called them to do. And when you become idle, the enemy now starts flooding you with various things, with many things that you have no business with. And that is how sin finds its way. So we have to be careful not to become idle. It will cause you to fall back and it will highlight your weaknesses. When you are in a place where you are busy doing what God has called you to do, busy being faithful in what God has called you to do, you only realize the strength that He has given you. Because that place of purpose is a place where God has graced you with strength and with your abilities. Amen. Amen. And so when you are doing what God has called you to do, you're enjoying the grace of God. You're enjoying His strength and things are moving well. You're accomplishing things. You have no time to, to dwell on weaknesses. You don't even know the weaknesses you have because the grace and the strength of God is abiding. But the minute you become distracted, then you start seeing your weaknesses because the grace of God is no longer functioning in your life. And when you start looking at your weaknesses, then you get into a place of compromise because you feel bad about yourself. And you look at other people and they're making it and they're prospering. And so now you want to prosper too, so you begin to compromise. So distraction is very dangerous. Amen. Anything that is contrary to what God has assigned you to do is a distraction. No matter what great promises it makes to you. It doesn't matter what is promised to you. It doesn't matter if they tell you they're going to promote you. If that is not what God has called you to do, it's a distraction. And it might look flashy to you, but if you go down that way, you will meet your destruction. Stay where God has called you. Walk on your purpose. Be faithful in your purpose. Eve became distracted. The enemy started speaking to her. That is the second thing. She began to entertain the voice of the enemy. When you become distracted, you begin to entertain strange voices. That is when the enemy starts speaking to you and you start listening. Verse 5 says, For God knows, and this is the enemy talking to her, he says, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So we have to be careful of the voices that we listen to. We have to be careful of the people that we hang around. Many times we tell our children, you know, bad company corrupts good character. But are we telling ourselves the same thing? What company are we keeping as women of God? What friends do we do we look up to? Even in the church. You know, we witnessed something in the church, how people would come to church. And these are people that you would see, you would see and you would think to respect because of their titles. But in the back, after the pastor preaches, they will go to the back and they will come against everything that the pastor has said. And do you know that those people that sat there and listened to them, they all fell together. So be careful that voice that is speaking to you. That voice that is trying to get you to doubt and to, to, to correct everything that pastor is saying in the wrong way. See, 
It's not that you should sit in the house of God and if you have a question, never ask. It's the way you ask. Amen. Amen. If pastor speaks something you don't understand, go to him. Pastor, I do not understand. Explain it to me more. But it's a very bad and evil spirit when we take it outside and we go and open a conversation and we start correcting everything that was said. Be careful who you listen to. Because what you are listening to is creating, is building in you your philosophy of life. You know, many of us we will not take time, in, and I'm talking about in the church in general. I've heard people say, the word of God is just for the church. It works in the church. You know, sometimes people look at us as pastors and they think we're good for nothing but to speak behind the pulpit. And outside there in life, we don't know anything. So I've had some people will come up to me and you're trying to give them counsel. They'll say, yes, pastor, but that's, that's church. Outside here, this is how we do it. So now because you're a professional at what you do, now you believe you know better than God. The word of God prevails not just in church, but it prevails. In fact, we come here to receive the word that we can prevail outside there. There is no institution of man that the word of God will not cause you to prevail in if you honor his word. So we have to be careful. Many people spend time listening to CNN, to Fox News. I'm so discouraged when I go on Facebook. I told my sister, get me on Facebook. She still hasn't figured out how. Because sometimes I get so discouraged what I see. You see what the church is becoming. You see where we are relying on truth. You see that our truth is based on what CNN is saying, what Fox News is saying, what Oprah is saying. What all these other things are saying. But who is going into the word of God to say what is God saying? And we go on Facebook and we boldly proclaim these things. And make fools out of ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> See what is happening is this church. Because you are giving an ear to the wrong voice. is building a philosophy about life in you. You don't even know it. Remember I told you, everything that you do, what you submit yourself to daily, is gradually shaping who you will become. That's right. So don't wake up one day and be surprised when you act in a certain way. Don't wake up one day and say, people will say, I slipped. Nobody slips. You've been cultivating that character. You've been cultivating that attitude. And it's so dangerous when our philosophy of life is based on what these sources say. Because remember, we are supposed to be women of influence. So how dangerous, can you imagine how poisonous it is if you are to instruct your children, if you are to give counsel to your husband based on the philosophies that you've been receiving from outside. Because when you go to give counsel, you will not counsel based on the word of God. You will counsel based on what you hold as truth. And if you hold these things as truth, that is the counsel you will give. And that is how a generation is destroyed. Be careful what you listen to, who you are listening to. Amen. Amen. Be careful even of your own voice. Especially when you face trials. Be careful. 
what your emotions will tell you. When you face a trial, your emotions will try to tell you what is truth and what is not truth. But the Bible says we walk not by flesh, but by the Spirit. Amen. That is why Romans 12 asks us to not be transformed, to not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Don't allow your situation to cause you to say, that is how life is. This is how God must be. No situation is permanent. You will go through trials. But if you continue to wait in the presence of God, to trust Him, to submit yourself to Him, God will see you through that situation. And I've come to learn in life that trials will come sometimes to put you in the right place where you're supposed to be. Amen. I call trials, I've learned to call trials divine interventions. Yes. Because it's worked so many times in our lives. And so I and my husband, we get in a habit now when we face a trial, not to be so quick to start speaking negatively and confessing negative things. Because over and over, God has proven that he can take a bad, a seemingly bad situation and make it work out for our good. So your trial is your divine intervention to put you in a place where you will encounter God and see his power over your life. Amen. Amen. So be careful of your own voice. Number three, she became lustful. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to her eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of it and ate it. She also gave her husband with her and he ate it. She became lustful. From listening to the wrong voices, now lust became her portion. She started lusting after those things that she was being open to. See, when I talk about lust, I'm not just talking about what we consider as immorality. Okay? Lust can go in many ways. There are many times we lust after things in the church and we don't even know we're being lustful. Whenever you are desiring what God has not given to you, it's lust. So it might not be another woman, it might not be another man, it might not be something out there, it could be an opportunity. An opportunity that God has not given to you. But because you have listened to the wrong voices, you believe that opportunity should be for you and God is lying to you. Or we look at the way that the world is doing certain things and we become envious of the way they do things. And we start lusting after those things. And we get into a place where righteousness no longer satisfies us. We get in a place where it becomes boring for us to be in the presence of God. We get in a place where it becomes a, a, a hard task to come into the house of God. But our eyes are looking at what other people are doing outside. And we're desiring we could do those things. That is lust. We should be careful not to compromise. We should be careful not to desire those things that God has not given to us. The Bible says we're living in a time when people would call good bad and bad good. And you know that is happening in the church. You know, I meet people certain times and the things that they desire. I said, why, why should this even be a topic? 
Why should we even be talking about this? We should be moving forward to godliness. We should be desiring more of the things of God. Why are we going backwards and even trying to debate on these things? There are certain things we don't even need to debate about. Let's allow the things of the world for the world. Let them enjoy those things. Our prayer is that they will come to what we have. Because those things are leading them to destruction. But we have the best. Amen. Amen. We have the best, church. So be careful of what you lost after. And finally, number four. She dishonored God and became a bad influence. By listening to the wrong voice, her ears became deafened to the ears to the, to the voice of God. By giving in to lust, her motives became defiled. And now she sins against God and counseled her husband based on what she holds as truth, not what God says is true. This is why the enemy is trying to lead us, and that is why we have to be careful. That is why I said we can learn from Eve. Because we want to be women of godly character. But we have to know how to cultivate godly character. And those things that will come against godly character. We have to be wise against the devices of the enemy. It starts with distraction. Don't allow yourself to get distracted with what God has called you to do in this hour. It might seem as nothing right now, but when you are faithful in those things, God is going to lift you up. Amen. 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 Let's be careful the voices that we're listening to. We don't want to become, God forbid that I become a bad influence to my husband and my children because I became distracted from my purpose. Once you become distracted from your purpose, it's just downhill from there. The enemy takes advantage. And you find yourself in this place where you start giving wrong counsel to the people that you love. Praise God. I just want to thank God tonight. I'm going to end right there. I want to thank God for notable women in my life. Like I said, for my mother here, and even for my own mother. I want to thank God for them because of the influence that God used them in my life. You know, there is something from, uh, um, that I acknowledge God about with my, mo my mother. My mother had a very, um, let me say, she, she had a, a bad experience in life. And at that time when I was about to get married, at the age when I was ready to get married, I really thank God. Even today when I think about it, I thank God because of the grace and mercy that he showed my mother. Even for using um, your mom to be an influence to my mother. Because you know, when we go through things, like I said, those things can create a philosophy of life. And that is how we're going to influence and counsel the people we care about. So I really want to thank God because at the time when it mattered most to me, my mother started praying for me. Because see, she came to the realization that 
she could not give me counsel based on what she had experienced and what she had come to believe as truth. That she had to believe that God's truth was higher and God's ways were better despite what she had gone through in her life. So I really thank God for my mother that because of the influence also of a godly woman in this house, she began praying for us. And she would hold her mouth from speaking according to what seemed right to her. And she would just pray for us. I think about my life today and I think about how my life would have been if my mother would have given me the wrong counsel. And even those things that she went through that I was there to experience also. If she had instilled those things in my mind to make me to believe that's how life is. Exactly, she would have spoiled me and probably I'd be spoiling my own children. So I thank God for that wisdom he gave my mother. Can we stand? Let's just be able to speak to the Lord tonight. And I'm just praying that more than what I said tonight, let the Holy Spirit really let those words sink deep down in our hearts. To be aware of the ways that the enemy is trying to come against us. To cause us to be women of bad influence. It is not our portion, it's not the portion of any woman in this room to be a woman of bad influence. To be a daughter of bad influence. Even the young women in here, do you know that God will use you? God will use you to be a godly influence. God will use you to preserve a generation, to preserve the things that matter to Him. I just want us to lift up our voices and begin to pray. Rama 
present yourself before him tonight. Rabo Kose Kheria Mande Lebaha. Rima Mande Lebo Kose Kheria Malabarsha. Rama Lebo Kose Kheria Maha. Rama Kate Lebo Shakaya.